My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with family and friends, conversations about current events and pop culture, music trends, headlines of the news, plus often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Welcome to episode, we'll call it 223 of Cadillac Jack, my second act. Donna, hello. Well, it's not. It's 420. Oh, what did I something. say? What did I say? I'm sorry. I will say uh, 423. 423. All right, whatever. Well, we got write that down. Um, my name is Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. Um, okay, so the state wrestling tournament was this past weekend in Macon, and Charlotte, our youngest, is a manager for the wrestling team, one of the managers, and she also takes pictures. And so she was down there, and the last weight class to wrestle was they have one competitor. And this kid is like a four or five-star recruit for football. I think he has over 45 offers for football, but he also wrestles. And he was injured during this um, tournament, during the state tournament, when it was his turn. And he has since said he got up, and he shouldn't have gotten up. He was hurt, and he should have just DQ'd and left the match. But he got up and continued to wrestle. And... The other person who wrestled him won, and I guess fair and square, because they knew he had had an injury, and they did sort of target that area, but that's wrestling. Um, But the bad part that Charlotte shared with us, and also uh, my friend Melanie, who works with me, was at the match because her son wrestles also. He had a shoulder injury, so he wasn't able to wrestle this year, but she did go down to see the state tournament, and she ended up driving this injured kiddo home because he's a big old guy, and he needed, like, space to extend his leg and his back, and so she drove him home. She didn't know that that's what she was getting into, but that's a whole other story. But she has also said that this happened, so it wasn't just Charlotte being dramatic or, you know, with everything that was going on. The other team celebrated over him while he's writhing on the floor. The students in the student section were banging on the plexiglass, glass, like saying all these like horrible things. The parents were celebrating. And then last night, Charlotte went and shot some photography for a lacrosse game. And her team played another private school in Atlanta and Charlotte's team was winning by a good amount and a mother for a parent on the other team is standing behind Charlotte where she's photographing and starts saying none of these kids are Christians they go to this Christian school but none of them are Christian because if they were they would be pulling themselves out of the game because they're winning by so much And I've always told, and I know you have too, told Charlotte and, you know, any of our kids, when Olivia was a catcher and people would stand, parents would stand at the, you know, fence and you can get that. You don't let that get by you. You know, we've always said, don't engage, just leave it alone. But last night, Charlotte said, mom, I had to say something. She said, because here's the thing. You can 
cut down people all the time for how they play or, you know, that's just sports. You hear it all the time with baseball. These, these kids are horrific to other kids with baseball. But she said to say that, you know, that those kids on our team aren't Christians because they're beating your team. That's not okay. And so she said, she just turned around to the mom and she said, I know you guys are losing, but you have no right to be commenting on whether or not the kids that go to my school and are playing right now are Christians. And the mom said, well, very that's unqu- just how very, I feel. Very unchristian like to, to, to make that statement, I think. And I think it happens a lot. And, and, and listen, I've, I've heard it and I've said it too, that if I do think like if kids don't shake kids' hands afterwards or, you know, the coaches don't, or that's one thing. And sometimes if you go to a Christian school, you are expected, I think, to sort of operate at a higher level of sportsmanship. But for a parent to say that these kids aren't Christians because their coach isn't pulling them out and putting in subs, that's horrible. What have we become like, and there was a brawl last night at a girls basketball game and the Georgia high school sports authorities had to get involved. Associations getting involved. I just think we have become just so numb to how we treat other people and kids and teams and sports. These parents need to shut up and sit down and the coaches need to control the crowd at that wrestling match that other coach should have come over to that student section and said, there is a kid that is hurt. Have some respect. Celebrate the fact that we won, but sit down and let's make sure this kid is okay. And it starts at the top with coaches and referees and the things that are going on. And it just makes me really mad. I'm telling you, I'm glad I wasn't there. It would have been a bad situation. All right, but then aren't you playing into exactly what you're telling our kids not to do? Kind of, but there is a point. I, I do keep my mouth shut. And when, and when Olivia used to catch and, you know, like I said, there'd be people, with, there's always that man at the fence, you know, you can get that catch. Don't let that one get by you. I've told you this story before. I think we've talked about it on the podcast. One day, Olivia just had it, had it. The pitcher was throwing wild balls. We, we should also say, listen, Olivia is now, uh, she's our 19 year old daughter. Who's a sophomore at the university of Tennessee. Yes. She was a fantastic catcher. Fantastic. And not a lot got by her. But, you know, balls get by. And this man was just relentless. I don't even know who the hell he was. He wasn't on our team. And finally, when she when a ball got by her and she went over to the fence where he was, because he was standing, of course, you know, right where she's catching, right in her ear. And she said, hey, listen, if you think you can do this better, go ahead and suit up and come on out. And I mean, you know, you don't want your kids jarring with adults, but at the same time, there is a line that gets crossed. I don't think I would have like gotten in these kids face, but I think I would have said, hey, there's somebody hurt out here. Why don't you give it a minute? I got into it with those kids at the baseball game. I thought they were being horrible, just relentless, rude. I've seen it in a couple of games, too, and it's hard not to say anything. And I think you bring up a very, very good point. And that is, I think that the, the, the controlling of the crowd falls on the shoulders of the coach. 
Because the players, if, if no one else in that building respects anybody, I think that it's fair to say the, 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 the players, the athletes on that team that participating in that sport, that, that, that moment, respect the coach. And so the student body looks horrible, first of all, I think, or the fans, the student section, or call it whatever you want. But I think that it's the, the, the often it's the parents of the athletes are the ones that are yapping. And so I think that it's the responsibility of the coach of that team, like you said, to go visit with the parents or at least that, that section or that area, part of the crowd, and say, listen, y'all, we're high school students. We go to high school. I got, I'm coaching juniors and seniors, maybe some sophomores and freshmen here. Let's teach them better than what we're showing. Let's lead yeah, by and, example. And the Let's lead by example. Well, and that's the thing. Baseball is one of the worst. Well, they'll, high research, baseball. they'll research you. They'll, they'll, your number oh, yeah. and your, your, your misplays and your bad plays and all that stuff. Oh, it's even worse than that. I had two high school players um, that worked with me, and one of them was a very good friend of ours, and they would they looked up his girlfriend. They would when he got up to bat, they were just merciless. Like had big fat heads made of her and would hold him up when he went up to play. And, you know, there was another kid for another team that had a horse, lived on a farm, had a horse that passed away. And these people were calling out the horse's name when he was up to bat. It's like that crosses the line. I get it. You know, it's and professional athletes, you get paid a lot of money, and people say, if you can't take the heat, then, you know, these are high school kids. And you have no idea what you could say to someone that could cause a real problem. Well, that they could care, for the, the rest, they could care for the rest of yeah. their life. Or could take their life. I mean, some of this stuff is so brutal and personal. And I just think they have got to get control of this. I think it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Do you think it's an Atlanta thing? Do you think it's a Southern thing? No, I don't. I think it goes on everywhere. How responsible is the Georgia High School Athletic Association? Well, I don't think they hear everything. I mean, I think the, I, I, I was disappointed to hear because I asked Melanie yesterday, I said, did the referees or the announcer come over the, you know, the system at, at Macon and say, hey, everyone, please, let's have some silence. We've got a hurt. I mean, he was really hurt. You know, I just, I don't know. I mean, and the one baseball game that you and I went to where I did kind of tell that one little nerd kid to shut up. And it was a home game, too. They were on our turf. It was horrible. Which I think is even ballsier. Horrible. Um, Our coach did come over and, I mean, told them, cut it out or you're going to get kicked out. And, again, this wasn't just like, Pitcher, 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 you can't pitch or that kind of thing. No, this was personal, personal, personal attacks. I just think it's ridiculous. Did y'all have a, did y'all have an ass to cheer when you were at Georgia when you cheered for no. Campbell High School? That's what I'm saying. We couldn't like, have done nose, that. Pick your nose, pick your nose, something. You know, like, no, we could not have done that. Okay. We did not do that. We did not operate that way. Now, do football players come up to football players and talk in their ear and of course or like when you get to first base is somebody like you ain't no good you know I mean that's one thing again I get the jarring that's part of the game but personal attacks on people's families their looks their uh, everything is just ridiculous how is he doing how's how's uh, how's Joe doing Josh rather Josh he's good okay he's good 
He, had, he just some back issues, but yeah, he's good. So everybody at right. Everybody at right. But what we should do is we're going to start a list. And we'll call, if somebody acts out in one of your kids' uh, sports games, athletic games, travel ball, high school ball, whatever the ball may, they may be, playing, may be playing with, reach out to us, and then we'll, we'll make a list every week that the parents need to be called out. And the school, uh, I, I've seen it a couple of times, including, um, what was it? It was a tournament at, um, I mean, it was down here on the south side. And Charlotte was down here with a team because I went to go meet her and watch for a little while. Um, it was a, uh, I forgot what team it was. It was some team on the south side here. I was appalled. I tell you what, we also went to the, uh, Charlotte and I went to, uh, to, uh, to, to Truist Park where the Braves play to watch the final game of like the 7A baseball championships a couple of years ago. And I'll call them out, Woodstock High School, which is in Cherokee County, about uh, 40 miles north of uh, downtown Atlanta. Uh, they were brutal. The student section was absolutely brutal calling, calling these kids out as they went to the plate. Uh, they were playing on the same field the Atlanta Braves play on. What a moment that should be for a high school athlete, you know? Yeah, it's horrible. Now, I will say this. I'm going to part with this. But that moment was stolen, Mel though, you know? Of course. I said to Melanie, I said, who was the school? Like, what were they like? Like, what? why were they like this? She goes, all I'm going to say is there was a mom sitting in the student section giving her toddler a what? bottle, and she had put Gatorade in it. No, no, she had not. Yes. A baby that, that should be nursing. Well, Milk. I didn't say nursing, a toddler. Okay, okay. All right. What school was it? I'm not saying. Give me the initials or something. Make it rhyme with something. No. Okay. All right. Well, send me a text or something. Hey, if you live on the south side of Atlanta uh, and you got absolutely nothing to do later today on upload day, the 22nd, uh, you can join me at Brandon's Package Store. With El Bandito Yankee Tequila Donna. Mm. Gonna have samples and a wet t shirt contest and uh, free, uh, free tickets for the race this weekend. Landmark Speedway hosts the Ambetter Health 400 NASCAR uh, event. Got a double header of uh, racing Saturday, too, uh, as well. So come on over 5 till 7 this afternoon. It's in Peachtree City, Georgia, with El Bandito you enjoy Mexican. enjoy that. El Bandito Mexican Tequila uh, from 5 till 7. And then if you're headed to Landmark Speedway this weekend, uh, make sure you listen to Atlanta's The Bear 925. As you travel into the track, we'll be live. Uh, before the race, about uh, three, four hours live. Woo! Before uh, the race begins and the green flag falls. I don't even know what okay, time I've that is. I've had three people I should know. ask me, oh, I'll see you this weekend, right? You're broadcasting. You're there. Like three different people. Right. I'm like, I have your credentials. What? I have your credentials. Okay, did you tell me that? Because I'm out of town. Uh, I figured that. And so that's why I didn't even say anything. Yeah. You, you are You figured I was out of town. I figured you had something going on. You're not going to be at Landmark Speedway, Donna. Come on. So, uh, no, but you're fully credentialed. Uh, fully credentialed. Actually, no, I would have liked to. All right, are we going to eat during this episode? I am. What do we got? What is that? It sounds like a pretzel. Pistachios. Oh, God. I mean, that would have been nice to know. Whatever. Okay. We'll just assume that if it's a station event that you're there, that you're credentialed at least. And it's up to you whether or okay. not you choose to come. I got your pit passes, garage passes, got you uh, infield passes, got you uh, everything. And I got you a lanyard because I know you don't have one. I got you a lanyard even. And, uh... Branded. Okay, well, then that looks bad. Okay, but you have things to do. I wouldn't have if I'd right. known. I can't win. I'm not doing this right now. I can't now. win, seriously. Uh, Brandon. Well, no, but it's just like, why wouldn't you tell me? Brandon's Package Store, Peachtree City, 5 till 7 this afternoon. El Bandito, Mexican Tequila. And then the crowd's going to head over to, uh, I will not be a part of part two. Uh, but for the heavy drinkers, uh, then the party continues at Tavern on 74. 
with the Peach Road Pickers, presented by El Bandito Yankee Tequila. From 8 until midnight, celebrate the new season of racing. Also, listen, Pat Patterson's going to be with me this afternoon. Uh, you maybe recognize the name if you have Sirius XM radio, satellite radio. He is, he's an NASCAR guy. He's the voice of NASCAR for Sirius XM. Uh, has been for years and years and years. I've met him several times. Just a generally, just a nice guy. And can talk NASCAR like nobody else in the world. Uh, so for true NASCAR fans, come on by. And uh, if nothing else, just say hi to Pat. And grab you a shot of El Bandito Mexican tequila. And maybe some beer swag. And uh, chance at some race tickets. And uh, See, then, they should have booked me for the second part. What, the party at uh, Tav yeah. Tavern on 74? Yeah. Well, you got time to get here. Uh, whatever. Got time to get here. Um, like, what's that? I can't I hear you with, you with you smacking. It's just What'd like a ragtag operation. Is it? What is a ragtag well, operation? Yeah. I don't even know what appearances are going on or anything. Just crazy. Okay, funny. Funny you would say that because we talk about them. So how do you know they're not going on when we speak of them? Because I assume the morning that show? it's just you. But it, it, I'm just part of the of this situation. All right. I don't make the calls. Okay. All right. All My right. buttons can get turned on or off on a moment's notice. Your buttons? What do you mean? I'm either, I'm, I could be on, I could be off, I could be, who knows? All right. Well, this is going to be a really short episode, I tell you that. Um, let's go ahead and get some sponsor stuff out of the way. Uh, to, uh, tonight, if you're listening on Upload Day, tonight is date night at Avalon from 5 till 11. Uh, did you know you're working late tonight? I'm not, but yeah, love it is, is daylight. Love is in the air along the boulevard during the most romantic month of the year. Uh, plan the perfect romantic date for two uh, tonight. Enjoy complimentary valet upon arrival, a glass of wine or beer from the concierge, and a three-course dinner for two at participating restaurants ranging from $40 to $100 per couple. Not a bad deal at all. That's uh, tonight in Awesome Alpharetta. AwesomeAlpharetta.com. Get details here. Avalon is uh, just off 400 Old Milton Parkway uh, exit. Uh, and while you're there at awesomealpharetta.com, Donna, you can register to win an awesome weekend getaway to Alpharetta uh, through May 31st. Register at uh, awesomealpharetta.com. The getaway package for one lucky winner includes two-night weekend stay in a two-bedroom suite at Doubletree Hilton Hotel Atlanta, Alpharetta. $100 gift card to Connor's Steak and Seafood. $50 gift card to The Velvet Note. And $50 gift card to Painting with a Twist. I have to say about all those places. We've eaten at Connor's. It's Fabulous. Yes, on Windward, we have. It's a oh great my steak gosh. restaurant. So good. So good. And then um, the Velvet Note is amazing. They have great jazz bands that play there. And I mean, like world class jazz bands. Amazing. And then painting with a twist, that's just good. You just go and paint together. What's more fun? When was the last time you were at the Double Tree by Hilton Hotel in Atlanta, Alpharetta? It's been a while. I can't speak to that either. Uh, great, uh, great, great uh, accommodations, I'm sure, though. Total price package valued at uh, 590 bucks. You can also win by just walking in. Just pull up to the Alpharetta Welcome Center between March 1st and May 31st. Enter in person, one entry per person. Winner will be selected and notified the week of June 10th. Price package valued at 590 No cash value offered by the Alpharetta Convention and Visitors Bureau. That's awesome Alpharetta. Come play a while, stay a while. And find your awesome in awesome Alpharetta. Our thanks to uh, Janet Rogers and the Alpharetta Convention and Visitors Bureau for their support of this podcast. Uh, gallery yeah, and do not think, yes. one thing, yes. don't think you do have to live in Alpharetta to register for these prizes. Well, no, they want you to come, we want you to come yeah. experience the city and then get hooked on it, but don't move here. Do not move. There's no room at the end. No, don't move the, to Alpharetta. 
these trips are amazing. We do them a lot of times. We talk about them. These are great to enter and win. Just gives you a little taste of Alpharetta. Yes. And that's coming up soon, too. We'll be talking about that later. Uh, sometime soon. All right. As Donna enjoys pistachios in my ear, uh, we'll shift to uh, Gallery Furniture, a partner of this podcast since uh, Season 1, Episode 1, S21. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. I'm talking uh, great, beautiful, beautiful furniture for every room in your house that's reasonably priced. Donna's going to strap it on the roof of your, uh, your Kia if you need to, your Kia Soul. You can also schedule delivery with their uh, delivery fleet at Gallery Furniture. Business Donna started uh, over four decades ago, over 40 years ago, as uh, Wolfman's, gosh, uh, Wolfman's Unlimited, uh, what was it? Uh, it escapes Unclaimed me. Freight. Yes, Wolfman's Unclaimed Freight. Uh, I've been Gallery Furniture for decades now, but the same location, the same building, locally owned, small business, led by one of the strongest minded females I know other than my Donna, and that would be Donna from Gallery Furniture. Yeah, she's amazing. And you know what? As this new year has started, it's it's time to start looking at some new furniture. Don't let another year go by where you're sitting on the same old couch, same old chair, depressed, looking at it all day, thinking, golly. I'm tired of this calico print. Jimmy was supposed to get me a new couch, and he didn't do it. Another year. So you do it yourself, Linda. You don't need him. Okay, go up there, buy your furniture, they'll help you strap it down, they'll bring it out to you, and you're going to have new furniture. And Jimmy's not even going to know because the price is so amazing, and they have so much to choose from. Warehouses everywhere. If you don't find it on the floor, tell them what you're looking for, bring a picture, bring your measurements, they'll take care of you. Uh, Now, should you find it on the showroom floor, you can take it home that day. Which is so unusual. That's not normally the case at furniture places, including you know the big box retailer places. They don't do that at all. And much of the stuff you're going to find at Gallery Furniture on the showroom floor. I'll wait. Go ahead. Um, you'll find it at the big box retailers as well. But at Gallery, you're going to find a much, much lower price. And you're going to find a much, much better attitude at this locally owned small business. Gallery Furniture. Ask for the Wolfman.com. Gallery Furniture opens seven days a week. Gainesville, 1600 Browns Bridge Road. It's Cadillac, Jack, and Donna. Join us 5.30 till 10. Land us to Bear 92.5. Cadillac, Donna in the morning. And um, let's see here. You can download the Bear app for free. Anywhere you download your apps, the Bear 92.5 is what you search for, whether it's Apple or Android. It's going to pop up, give it a free download, and uh, then listen to us. We'd love to wake up with you five mornings a week and uh, also spend time with you during two episodes of this podcast, Cadillac, Jack, my second act. When is our uh, one-year anniversary with Radio May? I think we started right around Memorial Day. Yes. Somebody asked me that the other day, and I didn't know. I have to go back and look. Yeah, um, I think it was Memorial Day. Yeah, it's late, mid, mid, mid to late May for sure. I can't believe it. Mid to late May. Nearly a year, Donna. A year. And it's going well. Some days. Okay. <laughs> well, let's give each other some notes then. We'll make that a segment here on the podcast. What, um, what's your biggest concern? Well, not concern, uh, but uh, what's your, your biggest, uh, what would it be? Your biggest, uh, what would you like to share with me? Oh, I don't have time for this. You can. Uh, what? No, I don't have time for this. Mm-mm. All right. You mean share with you about radio? Yeah, just notes from the show. We have to be there. Number one. Uh, I like to talk the night before and know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Prep, a little prep. Okay. Um, let's see. I don't like to be put on the spot. Sometimes I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking or if I've been cut out or if I'm back on. Right. Well, I try to communicate that during, during, via text or when there's conversation preceding the break, the live break. I'll say to you, Donna, listen, this break's on, on tape. Don't need you at all. 
just uh, hang on because I don't, I don't need reaction. When I say, good morning, Donna, your reaction's on tape. I toss the tape. Hello, good morning, Donna. Pause. And then on tape, you'll be like, hey, how are you? I love you. Good morning. Man, you look great today. All right, that's all I got. What do you have? Huh? That's all I've got. What that's all the have? notes you have? Yeah, for oh, now. Okay. Well, um, I have none. I have not a single one. Okay. I appreciate your, uh, your uh, willingness to participate. Yes. And uh, make it a great radio show Monday through Friday, 530 till 10 a.m. Eastern. The Bear 92.5 Atlanta. Search for the Bear 92.5 app in the App Store. Um, so Beyonce hits number one. This yes. is This is big. This is big, big news. I didn't think it would happen. I, I, I honestly, God, did not think uh, that it would happen. I thought that it would take months, maybe. Uh, two months, probably, I thought, for, for Beyonce to hit number one with Texas Hold'em. Last episode, uh, if, you, if, you, if you missed last episode, let's get you up to speed real quick. During a Verizon commercial during the Super Bowl two weeks ago, uh, Beyonce announced that she's dropping a country album in late March. That same evening, Super Bowl Sunday, two weeks ago, she dropped two brand-new songs, one called uh, 16 Carriages, which clocks in at number nine for the week on the Billboard Hot 100 Country Songs chart. Uh, the first song to offer as a single to radio, and I'll explain that in a second, Texas Hold'em has debuted at number one this week on Billboard's Hot Country Songs chart. Beyonce now is the first black female artist to top the country chart. Unbelievable. It is. Uh, last month, Tracy Chapman made history by becoming the first black female songwriter to have a number one when Luke Combs uh, had the cover of uh, her hit, I think it was late in the 80s, uh, Fast Car. When that hit number one with Luke Combs, she got credit as being the first black woman to hit number one as a songwriter, not as an artist. Beyonce gets the artist title. And she clocks in with number one, week one, with Texas Hold'em. A lot of conversations in radio about this song. I think there's more conversations about whether or not it should be played than it actually being played. That was my thought anyway. However, to hit number one, I would love to look at the stations who are spinning it most. I used to have access to, uh, uh, I forgot what it is, a, a database that shows the, the major players, what stations nationwide are playing a particular song the most. Um, for, for Beyonce to hit number one week one, uh, that's a huge task. I bet there's only less, I bet there's less than 10 country artists that have done that in the history of the chart. Um, debuted at number yeah, one. A lot of the females in country too are saying, hey, come on over. It seems to be, um, I don't know, like maybe country fans or maybe some mean men like that John Schneider from Dukes yeah, of Hazard, yeah, but yeah. like Lainey Wilson has said, Hey, awesome. Come over. What's she going to say though? Miranda Lambert has said that. I mean, she's going to say, listen, Beyonce, stay in your lane. We don't need you. No, but I, you don't have to say anything. You know, if you don't, I, I don't know. Like, is it one of the, here's what I've been thinking a lot about lately. Is a format so locked down that, People like country fans or and, and of course they have the right to say whatever they want to say. But I mean, like who controls who gets on and off the ramps? I'll you tell know? you, you know, there, there are probably six people in America that make that decision. And they are the format captains. They're the vice presidents of the country format for the big players like Odyssey, like iHeart uh, Radio, like Cumulus, like uh, what are the others? Uh, there, there's no, probably, I get that yeah. as far as like playing it actually on country radio. But I mean, like. Okay, John Schneider, who cares? Like, I mean, even if I don't like the Beyonce song or do I want to see her over in country, I don't know. But, I mean, does it matter? 
like you you have a right to record as an artist whatever type of music you want to record, right? You do, but if you want to chart and you want to have success on the chart and, and or with the format with country music, that is determined by the chart. And in order to do well on the chart, you have to have the support of radio. Not as much as you used to. Now, much of it is streams and downloads. Uh, Ten years ago, maybe even sooner than that, it was strictly radio. If you did not have the support of country radio, you weren't going to chart. I'll tell you a story about George Strait. Uh, the song was Easy Come, Easy Go. If you look up that song, George Strait hit number two with that song. Let me tell you why he hit number two and did not go to number one. Atlanta, Georgia, in the station that I worked at at the time, kept George Strait from hitting number one with Easy Come, Easy Go. How did they do it? It's a numbers game. It's math. Something had happened. I don't remember what. Uh, George was coming to town. I think the station maybe asked him to do something. Uh, it wasn't like show up in an Arby's from three to five. It wasn't anything like that. It was maybe liners or something. I don't know. I can't speak to that. However, I can tell you with all certainty that the number of spins needed to get George Strait to number one nationwide was determined. The former kicks where you and I worked 40 plus years combined uh, at this station, this country station, my entire career was at this station. Um, the math was done. And it was determined if we dropped the, the, the song by X number of spins, if we took away X, say, three spins for the week, George Strait would not hit number one. That's how powerful this country station was. Guess what happened? What? There were three spins deducted for the week, which means mm. George Strait did not hit number one with Easy Come, Easy Go. That's how it was done years ago. Now. Not anymore as much because you know, radio doesn't have the control and the power that they once had, radio once had. It's just not there because of streaming and downloads. Years ago, a couple years ago anyway, they retooled the formula. Uh, even with albums sold, you know, complete albums, not just singles, but albums and downloads and streams, it, it so depends on that now. The success of an artist is not determined by country radio anymore. The success of a country artist is determined by their fans streaming and downloading their music, period. That's it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And I work in country radio, by the way, as do you. Well, it also, you know, like you said, though, it used to be the wild, wild west a long time ago. I mean, the amount of trips, cocaine. Hookers. Uh, hookers, 60-inch TVs before they were two ninety nine. I Condos. mean, I'm talking about when they first came out. Which a Walmart bought Vizio, by the way, this week. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, okay. Like beach trips, incentive trips, concerts in Nashville and all this stuff. I mean, program directors used to hold the most important position and there was one for every station there weren't like format yes. captains yes and now there's one for each company thing. yeah not not each yeah. station but each company and then they dictate what every station plays the power those six or seven men have or women is unbelievable and should be illegal almost yeah yeah because if if you had a run-in with somebody and which a lot of these people have been most of these people are hardened radio people they've been in the business for 80 20 years. 30 40 years yeah. And at some point, they probably had a run-in with someone along the way. And radio people are petty. Oh, they are. Petty. They are. We are. They're some of the most petty people <laughs> in the world. Narcissistic. In any business. Nar yes, Nar it's too. true. It's true. And it's like... Hold a grudge. Yeah, and imagine them holding a grudge, and you just can't get an inroad to get an artist played. It can cost it you a career. To, artists used to have to... Yeah, artists used to have to come by and literally sit in the program director's office. It was so uncomfortable, like when... You'd be invited in for whatever reason. Or you'd just be sitting in Johnny Gray's office, and, and it wasn't Johnny. Would come so, so, hang on, Johnny Gray was uh, he was above board. He was a, the music director yes. at the former Kicks One One Five for uh, thirty plus years. I bet. Uh, and but I tell you what, though, <laughs> never mind. Well, his wife's his partner Susan 
was a very, very, very commanding high-ranking official at RCA. Yes. So they had to be BMG. very... Uh, BMG, uh, BMG Music Group, which was RCA. But, but they had to be very, very careful about that relationship because um, just because... You just had to look like he was showing favoritism Absolutely. toward that label. Absolutely. And let me say this, too, that an R- a program director, a music director at a station anywhere in America wouldn't just hold that particular artist hostage. They could hold the entire record label hostage. All right, say, uh, say uh, Faith Hill pisses somebody off in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville's not the best example. I know they have ratings there. Let's say Dallas, Texas. Faith Hill pisses somebody off in Dallas, Texas. This is years ago when she, you know, she had hits. And, and she's not, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway. If well, Faith, when the charts mattered. Right. Well, true. So if, if Faith Hill was on a record label that also had a newcomer named Cindy James, and Cindy James is trying to launch her career on the same record label where Faith's been for years and been an established artist. If somebody was pissed off by Faith Hill, they could say, and they wouldn't say it out loud, of course, but uh, Sonny, Sonny Ramsey or whatever her name or his name may be, they could also be held accountable with spins because this larger artist on their roster pissed somebody off. It was so... Or vice versa. Like, if you wanted to play Cindy James, then you'd be like, well, we need a, we need a radio concert with Faith Hill. Right. There's a lot of horse trading. Yes, indeed. With higher artists. Yeah, and, and no paper trail. <laughs> that, was quite, uh, that was quite the position to have back then. No kidding. No kidding. But the art, what I was going to say is the artist would always have to, like, if you were a new artist. I remember Kenny Chesney having to do it. Like, mm-hmm. him walking around the station, like I've told you before. Like, Being I thought he was an intern. Yeah, yeah. Introducing him to salespeople. And, hey, this is Kenny or whatever. And making them pull out their guitar and play in, like, someone's office. For 15 like, radio oh. people who, who, who really, to a new artist, could, couldn't care less, really. You know? And you never knew, though, is this new artist that's coming to play for us, are they the next big thing? Are they going to pop? Are they going to be a superstar in three, four years? You know? And I'm also going to say this, and I'm sorry if this offends anyone, but it was also a weird dynamic, much more so for female artists. It just was. When you had a male program director or male music director? Most of the programmers at that time Uh, uh, were male. And it was just a lot of these were younger artists coming in. And it wasn't even that it was handsy. It was just this, this system where... You had to pull out your guitar and sing and smile, and they would kind of crack jokes that were right on the line. But you couldn't say anything. Yeah, you couldn't say anything because you need this person to invest in your career, you know, from a from adding your music standpoint. And it would just and, and, and the labels would prep those artists like, you know, yes. this is a big program director, yeah, you know, listen. He can be a little yeah, but you coming know, off a three he's, he's it's important. Coming off a three three liquor drink lunch. When we get there at two, he's gonna s- smell of gin, but uh, do what you gotta do to get the ass, sweetie. Do what you gotta do. Um I don't think it's that way at anymore. Uh n- not not as bad, I don't think it is. I think you would still find notes of that though in the music yeah industry. I think there's more negotiating done between the label and the program captains but I don't think the artists are as much held like where they have to come and right. dog and pony show right, right. it 24-7 remember last episode of this podcast Cadillac Jack my second app we played some audio of Travis Kelsey after the Saint, uh, Kansas City uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade which was a, a, a very dark dark day it became a very very dark day a day that should have been celebrated in uh, and, and, and just uh, everybody should just have, have celebrated the big win at the Super Bowl. And then uh, they had the shooting, which cost one woman her life. 22 were injured, several kids, and two juveniles were arrested. Three people total, two of them were juveniles, arrested for the shootings. Um, 
at that parade event, at that rally, you heard the audio last episode of Travis Kelsey singing Garth Brooks' Friends in the Places with some digs to the uh, opposing team at the Super Bowl. And he was reading them off of his smartphone. Um, Garth Brooks got a hold of that video. Garth is opening a bar in Nashville very, very soon. And he has sent word to Travis Kelsey and his representatives that Garth will send a plane to Kansas City to pick him up and fly him to Nashville for the grand opening, which means Garth will be there because Garth will perform with him friends in the places on stage. I've said it before. Garth Brooks is a modern-day P.T. Barnum. If you're not familiar with that name, kids, P.T. Barnum was part of Barnum and Bailey Circus. He was the best self-marketer in the history of the world. He, he, he was marketing and the different things he would come up with, the different uh, gimmicks to get you to come to the circus, to Barnum and Bailey Circus. Garth Brooks is a modern-day P.T. Barnum. That's not a slight at all. It's actually a compliment. Garth was a marketing major in Oklahoma, in addition to a ja javelin thrower on the track team. Um, and, and, and he is the, man, he is the best at self-marketing. This is an example of that. Whether or not Travis Kelsey accepts Garth's invitation to fly from Kansas City to Nashville for the grand opening of the bar, it does not matter. What's happened, though, is that story has become fodder today, you know, effective today at least, um, about uh, the possibility that, that, that Travis Kelsey could be there for the event. I think it's also an opportunity for Garth to say, I'm going to be there without saying I'm going to be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, Because absolutely. the invitation is for him to perform that song with Garth. Travis Kelsey and Garth Brooks on stage singing it together as a you know, collaboration, a duet. It's ingenious. It's absolutely just as smart as what it is. Yeah. Your take. No, I think it's great. I think it's great. And, you know, these bars have to stand out. I mean, Morgan Wallen is building like a six-story bar. They're all just coming in, tons of them. They're at Church One. I mean, it's just they got to do something to stand out. So Garth, uh, I think it's good that he invited Travis Kelsey. Maybe he'll show up. I got to tell you something. I think old Morgan Wallen's going to hang out at his bar a lot. Like, I don't think um, – Somebody's like, I don't think Jason Aldean's hanging out at his Jason Aldean bar, you know, or Luke at the whatever it's called, the bridge, the 420 bridge, whatever. But I, I got a feeling Morgan Wallen's going to be at his bar a lot. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just do. I, I think it's do. A, I think it's a smart I think it's smart for him to do that. I think that you have to you have to. Uh, but how do you do that? What do you without mean? People you show, you show up at the back door. Well, he'll okay. have people around him. You see that, in the, you know, when he did the walk-ups at the shows every night on the stadium tour. He'll have people around him, there's no doubt, to show up at the back door. Uh, but uh, he and Hardy did a pop-up show earlier this week at Soho House in Nashville. Uh, and uh, what is Soho House? I know it's a hotel, but it's also a private club, right? It's like a, well, it's a private um, event, kind of event space, but it's, it's got bars, it's got co-working, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's a nighttime okay. event, it's a daytime place, people can just hang out there and, it's where a lot of um, the labels and the movers and shakers around Nashville, Nashville go. are okay. going because they can have meetings and stuff, and they're around like-minded people. Is there one in Atlanta? No, there's one in New York. Okay. Um, that was in the, L.A. That was a venue for a pop-up show with Morgan Wallen earlier this week. He and Hardy both showed up, and uh, Morgan did uh, you know the hits, but he also performed a new song that he had never performed before. And uh, he didn't even say the name of it. We had it on radio this week on the Bear 92.5 with Cadillac Don in the morning. Atlanta's the Bear 92.5. And uh, I, I deduct the name of the song is Lies, 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 or Lies. I'm not sure, but 
Um, yeah, it's good. A lot of, lot of mention of lies. A lot of lying. In this particular song from Memorial Wallen that has been unreleased until this time. Or, you know, it's been unreleased but never performed in public until the pop-up show at the Soho House Nashville. I think it was Tuesday night. Uh, do you know anybody that was there? Uh, mm, I know people that are members. Okay. But I don't know anybody that was there. Um, we talked about on the last podcast how kids don't know what their parents do for a living. Right. And you were just... God smacked by this. I was. Like, there's no way people know what their kids or do don't for know, a living. Don't know what their parents do for a living. Or, but no, you thought they do know. I think yeah. they, well, they should know. Okay, well, Paula Holla Baker, we love. Actually, she's not a baker anymore, is she? Uh, she's she got not. married. North, North Carolina pot peep. Okay, well, Paula, um, who just celebrated birthday, happy birthday. She said, I was just listening to you guys on the podcast. I work with kids every single day, and most of them have no idea what their parents do for a job. Half of them don't even know their address. It's crazy. And it's not just little kids. It's older kids. Well, shame on somebody. I cannot tell you. When I go to hire kids, they never put their zip codes. They'll put their address, and I'm like, okay, I always have to text them back. What is your zip code? Oh, I don't know. How do you not know your zip code? Yeah. But I think it's because we're so reliant on our little square objects that we carry around, our phones. That we're married to. You know, the only, well, I don't even know your phone anymore because it's different, but you had the same one for so long. But the one day I locked my phone in my store, I went out the back door, closed the door. The front door was locked. It was 25 degrees outside. There's a candle lit inside and my Chick-fil-A is on the counter. I had to find this woman who was cleaning spider webs and well, use her phone to try to contact everyone. The only person that I knew their phone number was you. And there wasn't a chance in hell you were going to pick up. Oh, okay, Donna. That, nor remember, did I have a key. Nor did I have a key to the store. No, but I, was gonna, I had one at home, remember? And, but it was coming in in Spanish because she was Hispanic and her phone was the col- Spanish. The caller ID, yeah. Yes. And so I don't blame you for not picking up. Yeah, I won't pick up a, a, somebody speaking English. Caller ID. I know. And I don't it's know my own number. Hey, listen, I don't. To be honest with you, I don't know my phone number either. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just have like our kids in as their names. I really don't know. I might know a Liv is. I, I don't know. But I don't know my own phone number. I have no idea what it is. I'm sure you're wondering how I got back into the store. Well, here's what happened. Okay, I'm ready. I had to go to Facebook and reach out to our friend Tug. Because I didn't know his number, and ask him if he could send his son, who works with me, over to let me in. With the key? Well, he was taking the ACT. He can't get out of that. So I had to sit on a bench until someone showed up at 11 o'clock for their shift. And how long was that uh, after your arrival? Well, I had gotten there early to do some stuff in the store. Okay, so what time? I was there from 8 until 11. Sitting on a bench? Mm hmm. Eight, nine, ten. For three hours, you sat on a bench in front of your store. Well, I moved around because I was freezing. Okay. Went down to Starbucks. Did you have your keys? If I'd had my keys, I could unlock the door. Good point. But I didn't know if they were on a different key ring or something. No, what happened was. Because you could sit in the heat. You know, you could sit in your car at least. Be protected no, I, lo- from I came in. I locked the front door, lit the candle, put my Chick-fil-A and my keys on the counter, went to take the trash out. My back door, when it closes, right. it locks automatically. And I had my foot wedged in there, and I kind of fell out, and my foot came out, 
door shut, done. What was your first, at the moment that you knew you were screwed, what, what was your, what, like, where did your mind go? What was your initial thought? Was it a word? Was it, was it a series of words? Was it a sentence? It was, was like, it? why, Jesus? I'm such a good person. Why? Why? Because I knew it was going to be just impossible to, to get a hold of anyone. So, yeah, despondent was how it was. Great episode and uh, great radio, Monday through Friday, 5.30 till 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, join us as early as tomorrow. Download the free Bear app, the Bear 925, is what you search for, Apple or Android. Our thanks to executive producers, Carl Appen and Hans Appen, the amazing Appen brothers. Uh, Steve Mitchell is executive producer of the Cadillac Donna Morning Show. Also consults for the podcast Cadillac Jack My Second Act. You get new episodes on Tuesday <laughs> and Thursday of Cadillac. No, you, you if I get it out. Uh, new episodes on Tuesday. Apart. Pardon? I'm falling apart. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. <laughs>